Values are the language of the soul. They have a way of penetrating the heart in a way few other influences can. This is why Jesus used storytelling so often to illustrate deeper truths. He knew the power of a story to cut through to the heart. These now famous stories are known as parables. They were Jesus's way to communicate an important kingdom principle in a form that we could remember and that would meet us where we are at. Although the details of these stories were fictitious, the kingdom principles are not. Today, they continue to remind us who God is and what he calls us to be a part of and how much he loves us. It was not the party that Katie Hoskins had originally planned. The country club had been booked, the menu had been chosen, the wedding plans and favors, everything was lined up, but 12 days before the wedding, it was called off. Details were not provided, but obviously we can read between the lines that something had happened. But, of course, the, the payment had been made. It was not within the 60-day cancellation window. The banquet must go on. And despite the pain of, of disappointment, Katie and her parents decided, we're going to continue this party. And so the Echo Falls golf and country club in Everett, Washington, became the source of a party on that day, June 18th. They had gone to the Interfaith Family Shelter and said, we are hosting a party and we want everyone that's here at the shelter to come and to participate. The shelter loaded up vans and buses and drove them over to the country club, a place that none of them had ever been before. And they sat down and enjoyed barren of beef, salmon, shrimp, cocktail, fettuccine, and fruit followed by a strawberry shortcake. The dance floor was opened up, and the music was played, and they got up, and they danced together. Katie and 50 of her family guests <laughs> and the members of the Interfaith Family Shelter. The party must go on. An unexpected group of people, but a celebration nonetheless. And so as we took up the surprising stories of Jesus... We encounter some of these stories in, in Luke's gospel that are just odd, and, and they're like this story that, that I just told you of a, of a canceled wedding where people got together and partied. And as we're moving through the gospel of Luke and we're going towards the cross, the, the passion of Christ, Good Friday, we're moving towards Easter here, Jesus keeps bringing up these stories, and, and what's happening is the animosity between him and the religious people of his day is growing. Luke is careful to write this into the, his gospel. So you see that, that what's going to happen at the cross was building for a long time. The time when it really hit was, it tended to be on the Sabbath, right? Because the Jews had a very constrained perspective of the Sabbath. And Jesus actually 
comes along and he's God. And he's like, the way I view Sabbath is not the way you view Sabbath. And, and they keep trying to trap him. And, and he keeps encountering people that need his help on the Sabbath. And he heals them. And they're like, what are you doing work for on the Sabbath? And he's like, you hypocrites. You know, your kid falls into a, a, a well. You're going to dish, you know, pull him out. Or your animal falls in the ditch. You're going to help him out. You know, you know, but here, I'm not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. So this is in the background. Understand. It gets to the point where even the disciples are like, man, is anyone going to get saved? He's like, yeah, 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 but you may be surprised who gets into the kingdom. And in Luke 13, I don't have this on the screen, but just here he says in verse 29, the people will come from the east and the west, the north and the south, and to take their places at the banquet table in the kingdom of God. But indeed, someone who are last will be first, someone who are first will be last. He is expanding their understanding to say, the gospel is, and, and the good news and what I'm about to do is not just for a small, select group of Jewish aristocrats. It's bigger than that. And we come to chapter 14. And Jesus heals another man on the Sabbath. And they're gathered in this Pharisee's house. And there's this background, and uh, we're going to get to this in a moment, but just before this passage, uh, he heals this man. And he talks about, you know, don't take the places of honor when you're sitting down, because he's watching them, and they're, they're all kind of scrambling to sit in the best seat, the fun seat. And finally, he's, he's like, you know what? Uh, take the lowest seat, and then the guest, the host can come and, and bring you up to the tallest seat. But then in verse 12, here we go. Uh, he says to the man who invited him, when you host a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors so you can be invited by them to return and get repaid. But when you host an elaborate meal, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you because for you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, let's be honest. Any of you ever done that? I remember once in our house, um, just a spe one specific instance. We had lived in this older part of town, and, and, and you know, the, the houses were older. They tended to attract a different uh, type of person. Some of them really nice families, some kind of rental homes and other first-time homeowners. A, a guy had bought a house for his kid. And so he put his young 20-something-year-old kids in this house, and they invited their friends. And so this kind of became this party house two doors down from us. They had pit bulls. You know, I got little toddlers in my house and, you know, under the age of five and this neighbor two doors down has pit bulls and they'd go out partying on Saturday nights and the, and the dogs would bark all night, you know, and, you know, in the backyard and, and you'd see different colors of smoke coming out of the backyard off the deck. You know what I'm talking about? This was before that was acceptable and legal in our country. But, you know, it was just one of those places where, you know, you'd kind of wave, but you were, you were so thankful there was a house between my house and their house and, and then one Saturday, Elisa had made a huge pot of chili. She comes to me and she says, I think we should invite those guys over for lunch. I said, you really think so? <laughs> and uh, so I went over there, hoping that the pit bulls were tied up. And, uh, and they were, and we went, hey, hey, you guys want to, you know, we made a big pot of chili. You guys want to come over for chili, you know? Um, probably deep down hoping that they maybe would decline the invitation. <laughs> I don't know. But they said, yeah, of course. They're young adults. They're 20-something-year-old men. Of course, free food. Uh, and so they came in. They sat at our table. I gave thanks. We enjoyed a wonderful meal together. Um, so, you know, we, thanks to my wife, we, we have lived this out. But, of course, the, 
a Jew in, in the first century, this was just such a foreign idea. Really? Jesus is pushing them into areas they don't even want to consider, which is what happens in verse 15. One of those at the meal with Jesus heard this. He said to him, blessed is everyone who will feast in the kingdom of God. It's that spiritual person that's just trying to break the uncomfortableness of the moment because Jesus is just digging at them. Now, the Pharisees invited Jesus over to his house. Why? Because Jesus brings credibility. Jesus brings the party. Jesus brings popularity. But as Jesus comes, he's like, this is not what I, I didn't come to raise your social media profile. I came to present the good news of, of the gospel, of the kingdom. And here's this spiritual guy, blessed is everyone. And, and implied in that is, of course, we're all in, aren't we? Yes, we're going to celebrate, you know, what I referred to before in Revelation 19. You know, there's this great, you know, feast. And so the Jews understood this, yes. In heaven, it's going to be this wonderful feast. Throughout the Bible, what you'll find is communion with God and, and connection with him is also often tied to food. That's why we like eating together. That's why we feasted last week together. It's an expression of our spiritual connectedness. And throughout the scriptures, that's what God says. Yeah, get together, eat together, celebrate together. In fact, even in the Old Testament, if you read through the law, there were special celebrations where like, yes, bring extra food, bring extra drink, make sure you just lavishly have a good time together. Some Christians haven't read that part of the Bible, unfortunately. <laughs> but we did last week. We had a great time together when there was lots of food. This guy's like, whoa, blessed is it. He's just trying to, okay, let, let's, let's get back to just being spiritual people gathered together enjoying the Sabbath. And, and Jesus is like, yeah, okay, let's talk about that. And he says in verse 16, Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many guests. We have to imagine it's like this country club affair. It's big. It's grand. It is significant. And there is a cultural piece here you have to understand, otherwise this parable makes no sense. In the ancient Near East, when you gave such a banquet, you would offer a kind of a preliminary invitation. It was the RSVP. Will you come to this banquet? And you and I would, would say, yes, I'm coming. It's on this day. Are you able? And so, you know, there was, it was prearranged within the community. We're going to have the party on this day. No one else is getting married on that day. There's no birthday parties on that day. There's no bar mitzvahs on that day. There's nothing else happening in that week. We all understand the whole community. Yes, it's Mike and Elisa's party on this day. And when you say yes, that means you're coming. You have agreed. You, you, have, you have now put it into your calendar. You're going to show up at my party, and, that, and we're all moving towards that event. This is what's happening. He's invited. The guests have said, yeah, we're coming. And, and he's counted. Okay, there, there's, you know, 1,000 guests. Okay, well, I got to kill probably six steers and, you know, 10 lambs and 150 chickens and, you know, 300 ducks or whatever it is. You know, he's planned the food in light of the invitation and the RSVPs. The tables have been set. You know, like he's made sure he's got enough tables, enough chairs. I mean, it's all set up based on the invitation and the RSVP, the response. The parable makes no sense if you don't understand that cultural piece. When you say yes, you are showing 
you are, it's like, yes, it's permanent. I will be there. And it says in verse 17, at the time for the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who had been invited, come, everything is now ready. So this is what happened. When it finally came time, uh, when, when it was ready, I mean, you would go in and send out the message. Yeah, it's ready. I mean, everyone could smell the brisket smoking for the last day, right? You, you know, you know, you, you, you hear the, the animals getting you slaughtered. You, you, you see all the people coming in with food and, and wine and drinking. I mean, it's, it's obvious throughout the whole village this, has been, this, is, this thing has been setting up for, for days. And, and, of course, you don't know the exact moment, but, you know, when it seems, okay, we got it all ready, you would say, okay, come on in. And, and people would drop whatever they're doing and, you know, they were, you know, finally finish their preparations and then they'd all come. And you'd have this wonderful banquet and party. It's ready. And he's going to all those who have said to him, yes, we're coming. Yes, we're coming. And it says there, in verse 18, but one after another, they all begin to make excuses. like, wait a second. Now, in this culture, this would be the greatest way to insult a person. To show a complete lack of respect for a person is to, is to rebuff the invitation that, or the, you know, you said, yes, I'm coming, and then when, when, when the banquet's ready to say, oh, can't come, it would be like slapping them in the face, spitting on their shoes, can't come. The first said to him, I bought a field, I must go and see it. You're like, in our culture, we'd be like, oh, that makes sense. But no, 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 who buys a field? You made a, a commitment to come to that event. So, you know, but, you know, understand, like, like, as though you hadn't seen this field, right? So, so just imagine, okay, I'm just going to, let, let's just step into modern world. Imagine, you, you know, you're, you're looking at ads online, no pictures. And you're like, yeah, waterfront property. Like, okay, and so you buy it, and then you show up, and this is what you see, right? Waterfront property. Oh, there it is. You know, the swamp in, you know, northern Saskatchewan somewhere, right? Or, or they're like, yeah, we beautiful hillside country, you know, property. You're on, and it's, it's like, yeah, it's a clear cut in BC. There you go. Enjoy the slash, you know, or, or, or you know, beautiful sandy beaches, right? Okay, yeah, that's, it's a desert. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, who buys property they don't see? Even today, like, you'd be like, you know, you'd have someone go check it out or you'd look for, you know, pictures on whatever. I mean, sometimes this happens, uh, but very unlikely and certainly in the first century, never. Never. The excuse doesn't hold any water. It says in verse 19, another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going out to examine them. Please excuse me. And you're like, really? Uh, typically, I think, as I was reading, I mean, in this period of time, if you were selling uh, animals like this, you would have a day where you say, hey, I'm showing up at my field. If you're interested in buying these, come on out. And, and everyone would come, and whoever wanted to try them out, and then you could sort of bid on it or whatever. And that, it was sort of like a big auction event almost. 
I mean, this is a man of significant means. If he is looking for five yoke of oxen, this is not some small tenant farmer. I mean, he's got significant land. He needs significant livestock. He can control his schedule, and, and he could say, I want to buy those animals, but i got a party to go to, but I'll come there in two days. And they'd be like, okay, sure, fine, right? I mean, I mean this, this is not a person who's desperate, but he's making up another pathetic excuse. Verse 20 says, another said, I just got married and I cannot come. And obviously, when they planned this banquet, they planned around all the other events going on in the community. So, so he would not have picked that date if he knew that, yeah, you know, John down the street was having his daughter's wedding on that day. You wouldn't do that. It is suggested by Burge in his little book on the parables that, that he, he's actually being a bit crude here. I need to go and, and make some babies with my wife, basically, is what Burge suggests. I mean, but whatever the case, it's a really weak excuse. In fact, if you really had a new wife, wouldn't you want to bring her to the banquet and dance with her and show her off to all your friends? I mean, and of course, Bert said in the ancient years, you didn't refer to, to women or your wife. I mean, that just that wasn't in, in the vernacular of modern conversation. So, so it, is, it is a little inappropriate that he would bring this up. But, but here we've got men that are so committed to business and, and financial matters and family that they have no time to do what they said they would do and respond to the invitation to go to this bank. They've insulted the host in the biggest and the brashest way possible. They have brought shame to him. And the problem is now he's got this feast. He's slaughtered these animals. There are no homeless shelters to donate the food to. It's going to go bad. The feast is ready. Uh, and he's like, well, we got to do something with this. And so it says in verse 21, the slave came back and reported this to his master. The master of the household was furious. He said to his slave, go out quickly to the streets, the alleys of the city, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. People who normally would never, ever receive an invitation to a banquet such as this. The fringes, the back alleys. The, the, the door fronts, you know, the, the abandoned houses, shake every bush and tree, you know, go to the tent village down, you know, downtown and, and tell them that it's ready and come and, and be a part. I have a, a picture here. Go to the dump where those families are living and tell them the, that the banquet's ready. Or the next one here. Uh, yeah, go out to that bombed-out hospital in Ukraine and tell them there's food here. Get, get in. Come on in. Go to where people are hurting, isolated, lonely, and in pain, and tell them, yes, there's a banquet ready for them. It says in verse 22, the slave said, Sir, you have what you've been instructed has been done, and there is still room. Yeah, we've found everyone we could in town. We've we shook out every. We found anyone and everyone that we could, and, and, and there's still room. What you need to see here is the heart of the of the of the 
of, of, the, of the master of the banquet, that he just wants everyone possible to be a part of this. But his originally invited guests have shown a complete disregard and disrespect for him. But he's like, I want to fill the table here. So in verse 23, the master said to his slave, go to the highway, highways and the country roads and urge people to come in so that my house will be filled. See that? They go outside the town. You're going to find traveling people. They might not even be part of our ethnic, you know, but doesn't matter. Urge them. Uh, maybe your translation says, compel them. Maybe they could be translated, persuade them. Why would you have to persuade them? Because they'd be like, I don't even know this guy. Are you serious? Like, well, he wants to be coming to this banquet. Yes, he does. I can't tell you how much he wants you to be there. So come on in, come on in, come on in. He wants to fill the table. It's this generosity, this this just wanting to, to fill and to, to have people there. Remember my dad told me a story about when he was a young man. and Back in those days, they were north of Edmonton. There wasn't a whole lot going on on weekends. So you, you often would just try to find out maybe a wedding, a Ukrainian wedding going on so you could at least, you know, get some free food, free drinks, <laughs> dance with some pretty girls, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So anyway, they went down to Radway, which was, you know, the next town over and they snuck into this wedding, and it was, you know, end of the meal, kind of the dance was starting, kind of in that little zone where there's lots of activity and transition. And, and then they came there, and suddenly the host, the, 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 the father of the bride saw them. He was a big man. He said he had these big hands, you know, big shoulders, and, and they're like, oh, boy. He said, hey, you guys. And my dad's like, oh, we're, we're in trouble. And now, Radway had a reputation. I mean, they're... These wedding things would often turn into big brawls and fence posts flying. And so, you know, there was a reputation down in Radway of being you know, a rough, rough community. So if you got on the wrong side of that, you, you were in trouble. He's like, oh, no, this guy's like, he saw us. We're caught. He said, hey, you guys. They're like, oh, did you eat? They're like, no. Sit down. And they, he gets the ladies in the kitchen. They'd been taking the food away. Bring food. And then he takes the bottle and puts it in the middle of the table. Yes. And if you run out, let me know. And, you know, and, and, you know, stay and eat. And they're like, we had no idea. We didn't know anyone. I mean, we were not welcome guests, but there we were. We were welcomed and generously provided for. Here is the master. He doesn't know these people, but yes, I want you at my table. I want it to be filled. Can you hear the heart of God in this? I don't want to set a big table and have it just be empty. I want it to be filled. And he's telling the Jewish people sitting around the table with him, all these Pharisees, you're going to be surprised who's at the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's not going to be the respectable religious people that are going to be there. It's going to be everyone from everywhere, from every place gathered around. Some of you watched that movie, The Jesus Revolution, which is, is kind of a reflection of this. And I know there's some grouchy people that are criticizing it, and there's always those people out there. And just, you know, um, <laughs> there's all these respectable church people, and, and suddenly Chuck Smith feels convicted that he should be reaching out to hippies. And, and of course, they're like, oh, those people don't belong here. No, 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 no. And that's similar to what we're looking at in this parable. And, and, um, Chuck Smith makes room, and, and the gospel impacts. 
lives, and, and that spread. It spread to northern British Columbia where my parents heard the gospel. Someone told them about Jesus Christ and, and what the word teaches of the gospel, that, that, that everyone is welcome and invited. And they thought there were certain, you know, things you had to do and certain ways you had to live and you had to measure up to all this stuff. And, and suddenly you discover that the, the master of the banquet is saying, come in and participate. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to measure up. You don't have to live in a certain postal code. You just need to come. And today you are a recipient of that blessing because I wouldn't be here if that wouldn't have happened. My parents came to know Jesus Christ and that spread. It spread to Saskatoon, a huge movement of God in Saskatoon in the 70s. Huge. Where people just discover that God loves everyone and welcomes them through Jesus Christ into a relationship with him. He set this huge table and he's like, yeah, there's room for anyone and everyone at this table. All you have to do is come. And then we get to verse 24, and it's like this really scary part. Not, I tell you, not one of those individuals who were invited will taste my banquet. The Jews of their day thought they were in because they were Jews. We're religious. We are, you know, ans- you know Abraham is our ancestor. Moses is our ancestor. So we're in. And he's like, you're in when you respond to the invitation of the master to come. That's when you're in. And maybe you grew up in a religious environment where you thought you were in because your parents or you went through certain, jumped through certain hoops and did certain things to qualify based on what, what they had taught you that you needed to do in order to squeeze your way into the door. And then a parable like this comes along and blows your, your, your whole worldview apart. Why? Because you don't get your way into the banquet. You don't bring your own dish. The master provides it all through Jesus Christ. And he says, yeah, none of you are actually worthy to participate in this banquet. But this man, (laughs) my son, Jesus Christ, perfect man, fully God, he paid for all of you to come in. He's issuing and offering free tickets to my banquet. He invites all of you. He says, just come. Receive me, believe in me, and participate in this banquet. You don't come on your own merits, on your own good works, on your own religious activity. You come through Jesus Christ. And the offer is open to anyone, to everyone. Some of you, like me, maybe grew up in those religious churches where like, there wasn't room for people on the fringes to participate. And um, thankfully, you're here now because that's not the way we are anymore. You, you can wear plaid here. <laughs> you, you can wear jogging pants. You, you can wear jeans. You can wear a suit if you want. I mean, kind of crazy, but you, you can if you want to. I mean, we don't care. We'll, we'll let you in, too, if you wear a suit. Like, we don't care. We just want you here. This church was founded, and even Dick was talking about yesterday, the men's group. Like, like, we just wanted to be a place where anyone and everyone could come and just realize that the invitation is for them, too. 
And if you think otherwise, like Chuck Smith said, the, the door works both ways <laughs> in his movie. It's a great, great picture. If you want a bunch of people that look alike, think alike, or critically alike, then this is not the church for you. Sorry. But if you're like, yeah, I got messed up. I got, I, I've blown it. I, I don't measure up. I, you know, oh, it's good. Welcome here. <laughs> Join a bunch of mess up people who are just growing in Jesus together. The banquet's going to be just a crazy party with Jesus. Uh, every nationality, you know, and, and, and like understand, like in the Jewish culture, yeah, if you were a leper, if you were lame or crippled, yeah, you weren't on the inside. But Jesus is like, guess what? Everyone's in with me. Come and participate. And if you read the Gospel of Luke, I just love it. He's always hanging out with, with all sorts of people on the fringes, on the outside, and, and he's bringing them into the inside. And the people that think they're on the inside are getting pushed to the outside. Don't get pushed to the outside. Find Jesus. Discover what he has for you. And join us together. So, so here's the question here. Um, will you accept the invitation? Jesus invites you to come. And he's not asking, he's not saying you got to wear this thing or you got to do these things, jump through these hoops. He's just saying, come. You know, you're on the, on the highway and you're like, I don't even, I, I, wow, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I'm sure, come. If you've never received Jesus Christ, he invites you to come, to join his family, to be a part of this banquet. And to, and, you know, to, to, to be forgiven, to be in relationship with God. But then the second aspect is, you know, will you extend the invitation? There will be a great banquet someday. And the truth is, everyone is invited. Not everyone will come. But it's up to us to ensure that everyone knows they're invited. And even to compel, urge, persuade, do all that is in our power to, 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 to show them that, that they don't want to miss out on this. But still, it's their decision. Obviously, we can't force people to do this. Uh, in church history, they made mistakes thinking that they did compel, urge, force people to convert. You can't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do. But we can, we can paint the picture a lot better than we have been. What are the alternatives? I mean, you just can imagine the, the, the feast of all feasts. Just celebrating in God's presence together. The holy presence of the Lord is there. There is no impurity. There's no sin. There's no deformity. There's no sickness. There's no tears. There's no sadness. We're just worshiping the Lord together. One big family. And throughout history of the world, people have tried to facilitate that, but the only way you can do that is you need Jesus. And so I just turn you back to him today. Will you accept that invitation? Will you extend the invitation? One of our challenges at New Life is to share this good, news, this good message. Yes, the dirtiest rig worker is invited. <laughs> the person who, who doesn't know who their parents are they're invited. The person who has totally made a bunch of bad mistakes, stuck in addictions, maybe getting free out of that, they are invited. Broken marriages, you're invited. Jobless, you're invited. 
religious, high-performing people who are empty inside, you are invited. Wealthy people who don't need any help, you too are invited. In fact, you need to receive this invitation just like everyone else. There is no first-class seating at the banquet. <laughs> it's not like a plane. Right? Like a, I think our world is getting to be very egalitarian, then I go flying. I'm like, no, it's not. There are zone one people, and there's zone two people, and there's zone three people, but God's banquet is like Ryanair. It's like an express airline. Everyone sits wherever they want, and we're all equal. There's only one seat of honor, Jesus' seat. And everyone else, all of us sit at his feet, and give him the glory. Have you received the invitation? If you have, then, will you extend that invitation? Team, I'm going to invite you up as we close the service here. It's a surprising story, but it's a wonderful story because God wants you and me to be with him in this great banquet. Make them come, he says. Let's share the good news that God wants people to be with him. Would you, would you pray with me and the team will lead us in a song? As we pray, I want you to think right now in your heart, if, if you've never received Christ, today is the day that you can come and, and receive his invitation to salvation. You can believe in Jesus Christ who died for you and rose again. And for all of us that have received Christ, who have a RSVP to this banquet. I, I want you to think of someone you know that isn't going to the banquet right now. Maybe a couple people. And I want you to specifically pray for them. Lord, help them to see your invitation. Help them to respond to your invitation. Help them to see how much you love them and want them to be at that eternal banquet. Let's pray for those people right now. Lord, you know who these people are. Our family, our, our friends, our coworkers trying so hard, making excuses in their life, and they're missing out on the greatest opportunity ever. Help us to find opportunities and to know how to share this wonderful invitation with them, even this week or this next month as we approach Easter, Lord. Bring other people into their lives that would point them to you, Lord, I pray. And thank you, Lord, that you made a way for us to be a part of this great banquet through Jesus Christ. May he receive the praise and the glory now forever and ever. Let's stand with the team as we close. If you, maybe watching online or here, have received that invitation today, like, yeah, I've, I believe in Jesus Christ, please talk to me or Ben or Elijah. I mean, we'd love to hear about that. So just let us know so that we can encourage you and walk with you further. And um, just be ready this week. As Donald said, as Tina said, like, the opportunities may come. So be ready. And now may the Lord guide you speak through you, shine in you as you walk with Jesus this week. May our homes be filled with joy of your salvation. And may we bring the glory of Christ, the love of God into the places where we work, where we go to school, where we recreate. Lord, in all places, may your name be glorified and honored. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, God bless you. See you next week.